According to the Collins Dictionary, AI is the most used word in 2023. So it comes as no surprise that the Association for, of African Universities chose AI in higher education as the theme for this year's Africa University Day. My name is Yenzu Mbuisa, and to chat more to us about the potentials, opportunities, and risks associated with AI and the role of universities is Dr. Jan Pietres Bosman, who is the director of the Center for Learning Technologies, where he spearheads and supports SU strategies for meaningful use of learning technologies in teaching and learning assessments. So welcome, Dr. Bosman. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. I was reading your bio earlier, and I found it quite interesting that your background is actually in theology, which yes. is like a whole spiritual science, and now you're in sort of a technical science. Mm. For 24 years for now. 24 yeah. years. Do you mind just telling us a little bit maybe about yourself and your background and a little bit about AI as well? Uh, certainly, yeah. So I, I did start my yeah, university career as a, um, studying theology and ended up doing a doctorate in, in Old Testament. Um, but then as I graduated, I went over to education. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been in education, higher education, since since that time for about 14 years now. Um, yeah, and so our center, as you explained, we, we focus on, on learning technologies yeah. and how that can support teaching and learning at Stellenbosch University. And that since it's become my research interest, um, yeah, and professional interests. And what people might not know is that I've uh, embarked on a second PhD. Oh my so goodness. I'm not bragging about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt the need that we should uh, learn about AI in higher education. So two years ago, I got the idea and started a PhD in that direction and looking at ac- academic advising. And so when ChatGPT hit, you yeah. know, in the beginning of the year, I, I kind of was Had already a background. hit the road ground running as it were so that did help yeah uh, then you're definitely the perfect person to tell us a little bit more about how we can incorporate or use ai within education being that Stellenbosch is an education institution so for people that might not know despite how often ai has been used in 2023 what exactly is artificial intelligence uh, who knows? <laughs> um, it's a good question because I think um, there's a big hype around AI at the moment. Um, you know, I was trained, uh, one of the courses I did at Kai Leuven in Belgium, um, the, the people were very specific to say, you never say, like, just AI. Mm. AI can do this, AI can do that. You must say AI technologies, mm. AI tools, AI systems, etc. Um, but so the point is there's a, there's a lot of um, interest and a lot of hype around it. And it really came, I think, with ChatGPT mm. uh, breaking on the scene. But it is important, I think, for a useful discussion to to see AI in its wide, wider field. So I'm going to try and quickly just describe without giving a, a lecture about yeah. it. But uh, that will also inform the rest of how we talk. Mm. Because if we only think about ChatGPT or these chatbots, um, then I think we limit ourselves. Mm. Mm. So if one can go to the, let's say, the highest level, I think um, we're talking about machine learning. Yes data science so that is the actual field uh, on in which ai is is working that's the people developing the system coding the system mm. understanding the systems implementing systems and and i mean that's something you study and mm. it's 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 quite intense um i would say there is another level where maybe computer scientists or people mm. in interdisciplinary kind of fields can um can then use some of the ai systems that are there to do other things. Yeah. Okay. So I would maybe call them um, integrators of, of systems. 
Um, and then we have kind of like expert or specialized users of generative AI. Those are people who are not computer scientists. Mm. Uh, so they can't code fully, but they know enough to to actually build Make little little products or little services around what's now become available to everyone. And then I guess we've got most people who are just general users of gen generative AI, like the chatbots and other services. And then what I thought about earlier is we shouldn't forget the non-users of mm. AI because that's quite a thing and it might be quite important, but mm. we might get to that. Oh, okay, that's so interesting. And I know you've touched on a few things that I think I'm going to ask a little bit now. Um, in terms of Stellenbosch University, how would you say, what's our current state as, a as an institution? You mentioned that there's a lot of data application and I know we just launched the School for Data Science. So I'm assuming we had a good space or? Yes, um, that's the first one I would like to mention because um, that is quite a big thing. I think it's unique in South Africa. Mm. The only program that you can actually study data science, but it's through the School for Data Science and Computational Thinking, and they've been doing, doing wonderful work. Uh, the other things is like, um, as I've said, you can study machine learning. So there's MSc in machine learning, learning and AI at engineering. Mm. And then the other side, which we will get definitely get back to is I don't know if you if you know this, but we also in our philosophy department have a, um, the Africa Data Sciences, Sciences Academy, mm. and they focus on data and AI ethics. And oh, there's wow. a whole focus um, on that 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 people don't know about. And they have all kinds of short courses and you can learn from them, etc. Um, I'm pretty sure there are other programs and little modules as well. But the other one I want to mention is where I am involved in, and that is we've um, actually in the process of finalizing uh, MOOC, which is a massive open online course uh, on the edX or Stellenbosch X platform called AI in Higher Education. Mm. And it is uh, developed by us as the Division for Learning Teaching Enhancement um, with four courses, it's a professional certificate, um, but it's also free for anyone. So mm. it's a little bit of a advert to, to all the teachers out there. I think uh, it could be incredible for them to do that, but also not just teachers or lecturers, but also students, because especially course one has a lot of the, the general stuff, learning, like yeah. quite, a, quite a deep level about what it's all about in, in the space. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. It's so exciting to hear that Stanbosch has really gotten its hands dirty and taken up this new innovation that the whole world just seems to be so excited about. And it just gets me thinking about how Africa has so many unique and specific challenges, particularly when it comes to accessing quality education. And we have a lot of unserved communities as well. Do you, what are some of the, perhaps the potentials that African universities or that AI can have on African university and sort of the education system? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to throw in some some stories or anecdotes because that often you know makes things a little bit more clear. So uh, this is a, a difficult question as well. But mm. recently, um, Stellenbosch University has become part of the EHE network, which is always an acronym: Africa <laughs> African Higher Education in Emergencies Network. And that network basically provides scholarship and supports to support to, to refugee university students. Oh. And so we work especially in uh, the um, Kenyan refugee camps and things like that. And so my little story is that they recently, this is just a month ago, um, received uh, an, uh, um, what do you call it, an intern. Mm. So it's a, it's a student who's, in, who's now finished the, her data science studies mm -hmm. um, and she interned there for a month, I think. And it was so amazing to hear the feedback from the refugee-led organization on the ground, which is actually helping the, the students in those yeah. circumstances. 
how they changed the organiz- uh, the, the, the organization. And it wasn't because, I don't think she built anything or incorporated. It's just the way that these people are trained to, to think yeah. and how they think around you know, uh, computational thinking, data science, how that can improve the lives of organizations and people. And so I tell that story because I want to make a distinction between, as I've said, the, um, what the contribution on the, the actual science side, that the people who are mm-hmm. trained to do that, mm-hmm. I think that is incredibly important because one or two people can make a massive difference. Huge impact. Yeah, on organizations. The other story is the other day we had a workshop and um, this may be more primary high school, but I think it holds for for higher education. Um, we're talking about uh, the developments in a kind of chatbots that become uh, tutors, mm. but they're not just general tutors. They can actually, actually tutor you on a very specific piece of content or whatever. So they can track what you're reading and then ask you questions about mm. it. Um, and she immediately said, listen, my husband is working in the... Um, in schools and there's a massive you know lack of 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 quality teachers and stuff Mm. and why don't we start doing this just doing it anyway because that will immediately make a a massive difference and so thinking about those refugee students who who i met and and their circumstance you know they've got uh, very few uh, opportunities but if there could be a way and they actually have very good uh, connectivity which is quite interesting they've got massively good um self and reception for example (laughs) So if you can find a way of creating something that has a meaningful, um, like a assistant or a teacher, mm. that people can start learning whatever they want to on their own, I think that is something one, one seriously can look at. Sure. So those are just two examples. Um, and the other one I, I, um, I wrote down here is we should develop more bots. Yeah. Uh, but not just any bots, bots that are focused on, on helping you learn. Because maybe everyone has tried ChatGPT, it's almost like blank canvas that you're sitting in front of like, you're like, hey, let me ask it, but then you don't know what to ask. <laughs> but if you, if you um, can have something, a system, you know, or a system guide you through learning something specific towards something, I think that uh, that is, um, mm. that's excellent. I think that's like so incredible because there's definitely a lot of potential in how Africa as a continent can use AI to better develop its quality education. Mm. And when we spoke earlier, we spoke about um, trying to find a way that we can link this topic to sustainability. And you're like, oh, no, it's going to be quite tricky. And actually, sustainable development goal number four is about quality education. And this is just exemplary work about making sure that no one gets left behind and Mm. we still have access to quality education. And now AI can be used as a tool mm. to feed into one of the SDGs. So that's uh, that's quite. I did think about what you said, <laughs> and I, I said I wrote final words. Yeah, is it sustainable? Oh, so and then like, yes, <laughs> I just want to confirm that. Yeah, um, I can just on that point maybe just very shortly say that what we must be careful though of is, um, as you might know, that mm. many of these big language models, they're called large language models or transformers, like ChatGPT. Uh, I mean, they are based and they give their answers and their data on these big data sets mm. from the internet, mm. basically. But we've seen that it is it's it can be really biased yeah. sometimes, and also it's more or less based on a kind of a northern northern mm. view of mm. the world and how the world works in science and stuff. So I think there is a possibility, and that's why I'm saying we must it must be guided mm. processes, not just free for all. Yeah. Because it might just so happen that that um, that we don't get the right um, 
you know, um, sort the, of the con- we get the context wrong, yeah. and and you, you and then people learn about things that that's not us, mm-hmm. you know. So later on, I'll give examples of how I think um, our African approaches and our African way of thinking mm. and our philosophies, our views on science and how we see the world, how we should build that into mm. these products. Um, otherwise, we're just being colonized in somewhere so or another again. It's so easy, it's mm. just out there, but in the, but but be careful. So, yeah. so yes, but we need to, to do it responsibly. And I think on that note, it's a beautiful segue into asking about some of the risks and maybe concerns that we should be wary of when dealing with AI or using utilizing AI. I know it's, there's quite a lot of benefits that we can, but you mentioned earlier something about we should develop more robots. like, mm. And that's scary for some people. So maybe you have a few cautionary lookouts for us about what we should be mindful of when using AI. Yes, I can, uh, I can, I can give specific examples, but let me just mention maybe a more of a more broad philosophical statement mm. that might catch many of the <laughs> examples. So what we have in AI is called the AI dilemma. And if you look it up, it's a, it's a big thing. And some equate it even to the point that the Cold War was at some stage with nuclear weapons and stuff mm. like that. So there are people who take it very, very seriously, who think that, um, you know, we should be everybody very, very, you know, yeah. cognizant of what is happening in our, in our world that we don't even see. Okay, so that's the AI dilemma, which is always um, the AI can do great things. So you can focus on that and just think, like uh, healthcare and yeah. innovation, all of that, but there is always a dark side, uh, weaponizing um, and also computational thinking taking over all aspects of our lives, like being, you know, chosen for an interview by a mm, you know a a AI system or a robot, or you know, or being dis- discriminated against with a loan. You know, you yeah. hear these these stories, so one must be be wary of that. So in higher education, I think one of the dark sides. Uh, both for lecturers and students, um, is is potential dishonesty mm. um, and cheating because it's so easy to look things up and just copy and paste. It doesn't mean you have to do it. And lecturers side the same. You know, if you it's late at night, you have to finish a piece of work and you just get it done by ChatGPT mm. or whatever system, and you just use it as your own. I think th- those are very very slippery slopes. And the actual problem is not maybe necessarily that somebody's now cheated. I mean that's not new. It's the problem that people will stop thinking mm, <laughs> for themselves. And if you don't have critical thinking, if you don't actually learn and engage um, in the world and knowledge and learn things, mm. then you won't actually be able to, to use it properly Effectively. in the first place. Um, and you also won't be able to be critical you know, um, on how it's helping you or not helping you. Mm. And so that would be... Um, some of the some of the dangers that I think and we should do. Do you look out for. perhaps have any strategies that we can use to start mitigating these problems, mm-hmm. or do you have um, some strategies that African universities can start thinking of or planning towards that mm-hmm. can help them utilize AI in a way that's ethical, in a way that mm-hmm. helps people to continue learn, but also we retain sort of our human dignity in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what I've seen happening is that um, universities that don't do anything they they're in big trouble now and i can i don't want to name examples but i have i have examples of where there's no policy or no guidelines Mm. just quiet and then uh you know the lectures everybody must deal with with the fallout of it Mm. um, and nobody's sure 
and so nobody nobody learns. And Stellenbosch is definitely not perfect, but we we tried and we scrambled in a way and and, and developed some interim um, guidelines for the responsible use of AI in assessment, etc. And so that definitely is helping mm. because it's it's just a it's it's about giving the the new rules, new guidelines. What is the space that we are thinking of that mm. you know that we can use it optimally and. At Stellenbosch, we decided, I think, quite early on that we cannot ban it, we cannot stop it. It's mm. technically actually, I think, impossible. So rather look at the opportunity for using it responsibly. And it all comes down to, I think, um, honesty and acknowledgement, mm. declaring. And that would be on the student, lecturer, or mm. even researcher side. And look, it's, it's still grey, but I think that that's the way that we can go forward. Be open about it. And talk, talk a lot, mm. talk a lot, talk students with lectures about what is this, what is this all about? How can it help us? And where that has happened, and I'll give later on an example as well. Mm. Uh, I think it's it can be of great value mm. um, to students and lecturers. But where it's hushed or just punished or policed, mm. oof, I've heard uh, horror stories. So I would encourage all universities that haven't done so yet to to actually just start talking. Um, there are many, many guidelines now out there. I know almost more than half of the South African universities have quite clear guidelines. Um, and to just start there, you know, and, and, and develop your own take on things. But you have to engage with it. And, yeah, you have mm. to be clear on, even though it's quite murky at the moment, at least what is what are we seeing right now? Yeah, I agree completely with you. I think engaging and sort of allowing people the opportunity to experiment and to discover new things about the possibilities of AI definitely allows us to develop policies that are child tested and that can also cater and sort of regulate in a way how people use and adopt AI. But all of this also requires a lot of different parties to give input. input. So do you think or how even do you think partnerships and collaborations maybe within our own um, sort of local community and maybe even our international community and our continental community, how do you think the formation of partnerships and collaborating with one another, what do you think, what sort of implications that might have on how AI is adopted within Africa as a mm -hmm. continent and maybe even Stellenbosch? Um, I'll give it one example. Um, I I I wouldn't I can't answer that one so well, but I have, an, I have a good example. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to to meet a professor Vukosi Marivate of University of Pretoria, mm -hmm. and what makes him special is he's a computer science prof, but he is um, he's absolutely um, crazy about AI and what it can do for African languages. Oh. and I think that's another I think important part the multilingualism, focus on languages. So he developed this idea of grassroots AI and uh, he, he's growing African-based networks uh, called, called the Deep Learning in Daba and he's got two big projects like Masakani.io and Lelapa.ai so one could look yes. that up on the, on the web. The point I'm making there is that um, you know he is getting people together mm. not just South Africa but across the African continent to create what he says a grass, grassroots natural, natural language processing community for Africa by Africans. Mm. And that has grown from a few people a few years ago to their conferences on our 600 mm. to 1,000 people oh, wow. that join in. So that is, I think, the kind of thing that we want yeah. is that collaboration. And, you know, he says five years ago, he, 
he was begging and pleading people for money. You know, now he he, he doesn't have enough falling people. Falling out of the sky. Yeah, because of the again the hype. It's called the the winters and summers of AI, oh. and we are now in an upward trend. Um, and so they're becoming very very busy. So I think, but that's on that higher level mm. of actually the discipline and developing, like in his case, large language models for African languages, mm. which is very exciting. Not just the the chat GPTs and pies and bars that are basically <laughs> English speaking, yeah. you know, conversational robots. <laughs> and I think that actually goes back to what you said earlier about how um, AI right now can be seen as something that's very Western and that sort of promotes um, a Western narrative. And this is a great example of how we've already contextualized it using African languages and potentially we'll have the opportunity to use African philosophies to help generate responses mm. that are very contextually relevant for the continent. So that's quite exciting. And it leads me now to, do you think there are any exciting possibilities in the future? What can we expect from AI? What should we be very wary of? What should we be scared of? Or what can we be excited about as an institution and as a continent? All right, I've got some takeaways here. <laughs> <laughs> um, all students, if I have a student's perspective, also also lecturers and management and all of that. But let's think of students. I think all students should be thinking quite seriously about what AI tools, technology systems could mean for their future careers or their entrepreneurial journeys or wherever they, they go into. Um, and this is a mantra that's been developing that I don't really like, but it might be true. And this is from Prof. Karim Lakani, who's a Harvard Business School professor, and he is now coining this idea that, and I quote him, AI won't replace humans, mm -hmm. but humans with AI will replace humans without AI. Oh. So that's quite something to think about. And it looks like it's not all, all sectors of, of industry, but in the kind of sectors that they are researching, it seems that um, people, even, even uh, you know, not expert level users, mm -hmm. by adding... Uh, help from an AI system in whatever form, of, you know, mean or form, um, does include productivity, mm. like 20, mm. 30, 40 percent. And so it might just be a, a logical conclusion that um, if you can do it, um, and By you, all means. yeah, yeah. So and and that's so. So I'm careful to say it because I'm I'm definitely not like with the flag go AI. <laughs> But it might be quite uh, uh, quite a logical and rational thing to, to think about. So I think all students need to figure out what does this mean for me mm. before the mm. lecturer says before, go and research, et cetera, et cetera. Point number two, AI literacy. This is critical. Stellenbosch is developing a new attribute called the digital knower, and these would fall in that. So a, a very easy way to understand what, what, what one means by that, what you can do is, first of all, it's three parts. Understand, use, and evaluate. Mm -hmm. So we must understand something about how these things work. Mm -hmm. Where are they? How much energy do they use? Actually, where do they get all this data from? Um, that you don't think it's a you know little uh, some you know living thing <laughs> in your phone <laughs> talking to you. It's just a statistical system. And then anthropomorphize um, that. That's really important. Then you have to use. You have to experiment. You have to mm. use it uh, and see what are the applications. Nobody else is going to teach you. This is where we are now. Mm. Everyone can, and it's the great equalizer because it's free free to use, 
for everyone yeah. on this planet if you have obviously access to the internet so use um and see what how it can help you but also evaluate mm. and then cr- think critically like is it really helping is it dumbing me down mm. is it are there unintended th- consequences of me using it mm. am i going to get in trouble do i feel guilt the first time i used it to to write a little blurb for a <laughs> conference i sent it to my colleagues without telling them and i i felt physically guilty <laughs> You see, so there are these very human things to work through. Yeah. Um, so those would be my my big takeaways that um, people yeah. experiment and yeah. I think that's clear and uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. I think those points are excellent because I think that's what university encourages students to do anyway is to come to a, approach some some new knowledge to learn how to understand it, then to begin to use it in application, um, learn more from it and then evaluate mm. and they sh- therefore share knowledge. And I think that's just a perfect end to our conversation. I've had a lot of fun talking to you and learning more Likewise. about AI. <laughs> um, if you have any last remarks. Uh, you actually said what I wanted to, 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 to say is that in higher education, we are all learning to be academics or be scholarly in a way. Mm. And the way of science and scholarship has always been to experiment and share. Mm. And I think in this case, we must all be doing that. And then I did want to say that on your original ideas of can AI tools inspire innovation in higher education in Africa? And can it help us to grow towards the future? Yes, definitely. Yay! <laughs> Thank you very much to Dr. Bosman for giving us his time and also his expertise on the potentials of AI within African universities. And we look forward to celebrating Africa University Day with you on the 12th of November. And we'll be launching a whole, a whole campaign throughout the week of um, AI-related potentials for African universities. Thank you.